Round seven of the AFLW was completed across the weekend. We've got round eight to look forward to. What will happen at the tribunal with Amy McDonald? We're going to talk all about that and much, much more with a very special guest, one of our favorites here on Sports Drive, all the way from the United States, writer for Footyology, Gil Griffin. Gil, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Hope you've been well down there. I hope you've been well uh, too, Gil. It's, it's been a lot of fun uh, here in Australia. The AFLW season at a different time slot coming off the, the back end of the AFL season. And now we've still got a few weeks out before the finals kick off in the AFLW. How have you found the season to date? Well, I'll tell you what. The thing that surprised me or surprised me the most is uh, the fitness and not dodging as many injuries as I thought we might see in the second uh, season in this calendar year. Um, you know, that, that's been a big pleasant surprise because if you think about how season seven or season six started earlier in the year, that first and second round saw a lot of big name stars go down with knee injuries. So I think that, that this has been a lot, uh, a lot better for teams that are really contending that they haven't suffered any big injuries, or they've had the depth to cover whatever injuries they've had. Mm. Yeah, certainly uh, plenty of great talent running around in the AFLW, and it's uh, it's been really enjoyable to watch. Uh, who's been the standout player for you so far? You know, the real standout player for me has been Matty Prespakis mm. and, uh, and Georgie, too. So if you take those two sisters doing so well, um, those two have really impressed. And, of course, Jazzy Garner over at North Melbourne, now leading in the AFL Coaches Association voting for Most Valuable Player Award. Um, but it really is incredible with Maddie Prispakis and her going to Essendon playing for the team that she always uh, always barracked for growing up. And she has really carried the Bombers on her back this year. And the problem, though, has been that there just hasn't been enough of a strong supporting cast to help her and help the Bombers out when they've played more established teams. Mm. Uh, well, they went down to... Geelong uh, across the weekend did Essendon. Uh, what was the uh, the biggest standout for you in round number seven? Well, I'll tell you what. Round number seven, I think the Brisbane-North Melbourne contest and just how Brisbane held it together and they still are the dominant club in the league. Um, that also was, was, that was one of the things that stood out to me. Also, how about Geelong? You just mentioned Geelong. Geelong continue just to do really well. And in their win over Essendon, they are really firming up a place in the top eight and may even get to the top four. It would take some, some other clubs losing some matches, but Geelong to me has been the surprise of the year. I mean, after all, they, you, they only won a handful of games last year. And, or I, you know, I keep saying last year. I mean, <laughs> the last <laughs> season, although we're still in the same year. So, Talking to the players, they, uh, they do that themselves as well sometimes. But, uh, no, it's been a great season to date. Uh, season number seven, we're seven rounds in. And Melbourne, uh, what a dominant performance it was over the Western Bulldogs. What were your thoughts on, on that win there by the Demons? It didn't surprise me. Once the Demons were back home playing in Casey Fields, uh, where they have won 13 of the last 14 matches, um, didn't surprise me there. I mean, the Dogs have, start, have started to really run into some trouble. Mm-hmm. They lost to Geelong the week before, and, uh, and and Melbourne are just so deep. And once they are back home again, it, it didn't surprise me to see them doing so well. And then Olivia Purcell has done so well for Melbourne this year. I mean, her last three rounds have really been incredible. And when you see her starting to win more of the ball than a real established star like Karen Paxman is, 
then that just shows how how deep the the D's bat. Um, and and Taylor Harris has not really had a dominant year, um, but they're getting goals from a lot of different places. I mean, Alyssa Bannon kicked three over the weekend. So their their supporting cast, as I like to call them, is really coming to the fore and uh, and really carrying the club. Do you see the doggies being able to to find a way and make it into the top eight, or do you think they'll remain outside? It's going to be interesting to see whether Gold Coast is really going to rise up and challenge them. And also the same thing, if, if Richmond keep playing the way they're playing, mm. uh, then the Doggies will be frozen out. I still think that the Doggies have a good chance of finding their way back in the top eight. Um, but you know, you got to really pay attention to the other to the other uh, clubs that are that are really on the rise, like Richmond and, and Gold Coast. So uh, Ellie Blackburn and Kirsty Lamb have been really incredible. Um, but again, it, it comes down to depth and supporting cast. And if there's just not enough help and support for them, then you can see them being outside the top eight. Mm. You mentioned Richmond there. They came here to WA and beat the West Coast Eagles by 19.6743 to 36.24. What did you make of Richmond's win? And how have you found West Coast's season so far? Of course, last year they finished as wooden spooners. This year they found a couple of wins and have looked promising at times. Yeah, the thing about Richmond that that hasn't surprised me is their ability to play well on the road. They've always played really well when they've come and played out west. And the thing that's surprising about Richmond, though, is that they're doing all of this without Katie Brennan, who's been sidelined for for quite a while now. But uh, they have a lot of good talent, Richmond does, uh, with Monconti, and their back line has really done incredibly well. And when they beat Brisbane, uh, that back line really stood up. So th- they've got a good nucleus over there at, at Richmond, and they're really starting to find their feet. The thing that surprises me is that Richmond are having the season uh, in season seven that I thought that they would have in season six. Mm. So it's really interesting about how they've uh, really peaked on the back half of this calendar year and in this new season. For West Coast, I mean, the, there's good news and bad news. I mean, any loss is going to be continued bad news. But if you look around uh, at the talent on that club, um, they've had the the AFLW rising star the last three weeks in a row, and that is definitely a good sign to look at if you're a West Coast fan that they're trending upward even with the losses, um, with, with those young players really getting that experience and getting those accolades and really uh, playing well. That's going to help West Coast in the future. So I don't think that it's a it's a situation where uh, where West Coast are going to continue to languish near the bottom. And if you look at the introduction of four new clubs. That also bodes well in, in West Coast favor that they can continue their rise and uh, get the better of, of some of the younger clubs coming in. Okay, let's take a look at the Fremantle Dockers. They went down to the Adelaide Crows over the weekend. A valiant effort by Freo against a quality side, but in the end, the Crows were able to run over the top of the Dockers, kicking four goals to zip in that last quarter, Gil. That didn't surprise me. The thing with uh, the Crows has been uncanny this year is that they have an innate ability to just flip the switch and kick goals when they need to and we've seen that in several rounds this season and so with the Dockers coming coming good in that uh, last quarter and they had a nine-point lead you kind of had the feeling that Adelaide were going to be able to turn it on when they needed to and pull away and then for the Dockers just more bad news with uh, with Gabby O'Sullivan going down and boy Janelle Cuthbertson has just had like a, a real horror run with injury uh, I mean, the broken nose earlier in the year and the concussion, and then now the ankle. So 
you know, and you look at the other injuries that Fremantle have had, I mean, both of the Antonios, and they've just had a really, really difficult season. Okay, let's uh, touch on the, the tribunal now, the Amy McDonald incident. What did you make of it, and what do you expect the outcome will be? That is a coin flip. That is really, really hard to, to, to gauge on that one. Um, the thing that is more concerning to me is how Geelong will do if they face uh, her going out for a round or two, <laughs> because they've been able to, to weather the loss of Georgie Perspakis. I mean, she was suspended for two matches, and Geelong won both of those matches. So they can ill afford to lose any player of Amy McDonald's stature at this point. Um, are Geelong deep enough? Well, I don't know. I mean, they, they seem to definitely cover um, Georgie's loss, but we'll have to see about that. And, and uh, you know, the tribunal is <laughs> – it's, it's really interesting. You don't really know which way they're going to land on it. How did you see it? Personally, I think she should get off. Um, I know there's so much concern around – the head high stuff and dangerous tackles and the like, but I'm a little old school in that regard and I believe she should be playing next week. Although it's going to be interesting to see which way they do go a bit later on this evening. Um, We're speaking to Gil Griffin here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Gil, I wanted to just turn our attention to some baseball because we have the MLB postseason going on right now. We've got some great games to look forward to overnight. Uh, firstly, what did you make of the wild card round? Plenty of great games. Uh, the Mariners and the Blue Jays' uh, second matchup in particular was a standout. But, uh, yeah, what did you make of the wild card round? Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of excitement uh, in the wild card round. There are a couple of surprises in, in a couple of the series. Um, but the Mariners really have to be the talk of the wild card uh, round because any club that would overcome a seven run deficit on the road uh, to win. Um, that is really incredible. And the funny thing is, is if you look at how many home teams were beaten, and I mean, you, you get to the wild card, and this round is supposed to favor the teams that have the better win-loss records and have the home field advantage. But if you look carefully, uh, that didn't help the Blue Jays. It didn't help uh, St. Louis. And, uh, you know, much to my chagrin, being a lifelong Mets supporter, it certainly <laughs> did not help the Mets. So and, and so when you brought that up, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, do we have to talk about the wild card round? <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, unfortunately for uh, Mets fans out there, the Padres did get up in the end. Uh, although baseball hot in New York right now, the Yankees in fine form this year. Aaron Judge has been playing his heart out. So how do you see the, the remainder of the playoffs going, Gil? Who's, who has to be the favorites? Is it the Dodgers? You know, I think in the National League it does, but just really quickly on the New York uh, thing for a second, it's just really funny about how the Eagles-Dockers rivalry is so similar to the Mets-Yankees mm. rivalry because I was just going to say, when you said that uh, uh, it, that the Mets losing was bad for New York, well, that's about half New York mm. um, because I guarantee you there are plenty of Yankee fans who are laughing at the Mets right now the same way it always plays out in the Western Derby and bragging rights and all of that that uh, – you know, with Frio getting Luke Jackson in, and uh, and and I'm sure the Dockers fans out there are laughing at West Coast the way that West Coast fans have always laughed at the Dockers. So, but but back to it with Major League Baseball. Um, the Dodgers have obviously the best record in the major leagues. They're very deep. They pitch well. They hit well. That lineup is really stacked from top to bottom. Uh, I would really think, though, after personally watching the Braves run down the Mets. 
I would really think Atlanta has to be the favorite in the National League, even with mm. uh, the fact that they don't have as strong a win-loss record as the Dodgers. Um, the Braves have really incredible pitching, very, really, uh, very strong young talent, and they were the hottest team in the second half in the major leagues. It wouldn't surprise me if we got uh, if we got a rematch of of Atlanta and Houston. Um, the Yankees are a distinct possibility. They're always a threat. Um, but you know, the best two teams I saw all year had to be Atlanta and Houston. Who's the standout player left in the, the playoffs? Who's the standout player amongst these eight teams? That is a tough call. I would have to say, uh, Aaron judge would have to be because he, he smashed the American league, uh, single season home run record. So he would have to be definitely a standout player and uh, is definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and uh, as far as pitching goes, I think you have to look at, at the uh, Atlanta Braves pitcher Kyle Wright, who won 20 games, and that's quite a feat these days in Major League Baseball when pitchers generally don't pitch as many innings. Starting pitchers don't anyway and don't get enough uh, decisions. And uh, so he is someone to really watch out for too. And uh, Jordan Alvarez of, uh, of Houston is also someone to keep an eye on. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a really good um, a good playoff run. The Padres were really surprising. Uh, that that uh, that series against the Mets, we saw someone who is a number eight hitter and is usually in the game for his defense just have an incredible offensive series. Trent Grisham, and you know that was a really surprising thing to see. So there always really is one lesser light minor player who really comes to the surface. And it really is because pitchers are so concerned about the other bigger hitters in the lineup that they overlook the, the guys who really don't have as much prowess at hitting, and those guys tend to shine. So he'd be a smoky. He would definitely be a smoky for me. All right. Well, coming up overnight, game one of the divisional series, we've got the Braves and the Phillies, Astros taking on the Mariners, the Yankees up against the Guardians, and the Dodgers taking on the Padres. Gil, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting on the program this afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time. You're always so gracious with it and, uh, of course, doing it all the way from the United States. Uh, pleasure and uh, can't wait to speak again very soon. All right, you got it, Matty. Thanks for having me on and say hello to everybody in WA for me. Take care. Thank you. And there he goes, Gil Griffin.